It's Thursday, November 4th, and you're listening to the Magnificent Fantasy Football Show. Hello, hello. Come one, come all. Let's talk some fantasy football. And get it right to it. Try to make a little moolah. You know, it's it's just your boy Manatee Jackson on the line today. So no Zensei as as awesome as that was last week. Hoping we get more Zensei in the future. Love to say yes, Zensei, to all of his hot takes. Um and speaking of, we both kind of had a, a top five core last week. So I'm just going to read off our top five. <clears throat> and again, this kind of lived in the moment with the information and data that we had at that time. <clears throat> and I went with Henderson. We got a hit there. Did very good. Unfortunately, we'll all get into that later. Then we had James Robinson. James Robinson, the only. Um, player in the top five that both Zensei and I shared. I went with DK Metcalf. Got a little grief for that one, but you know what? He got in the end zone twice. I wasn't surprised. Worked really well with Geno Smith for, you know, very low-priced, low-ownership guy. And you know what? Lockett stole a lot of his yardage, but I'll let him have it. Um, Chris Godwin, my lock of the week. Nailed it. And Pittman nailed it. So Pittman, Godwin, DK, Henderson. Boom. Love it. And then Zensei's got J-Rob. Talked about that. AJ Brown crushed that one. Then he had Kyle Pitts. And how did Pitts do? Can't remember how Pitts did last week. He had six targets. Didn't get it done. So miss there, but surprising miss. Alvin Kamara, which who doesn't like an Alvin Kamara pick? But against the Tampa Bay Bucks, kind of in a tough spot. And in a game where they surprisingly won without their starting quarterback. Game script wasn't quite there. He got the touches, 19 rush attempts, but versus a very stout run defense. Made it kind of tough. Only had to throw it on him four times, so... That one kind of hurt. And speaking of hurts, Jalen Hurts, which don't blame him for this one. First, the Detroit Lions. He was just set to go off. He would have been my number one quarterback, too. I couldn't pay up for him, though. I, I liked too many other high-priced guys. Um, And he disappointed. Jordan Howard, everybody. Two touchdowns. Hard to predict that. So not a bad top five. <clears throat> The one thing I was going to talk about, DeAndre Swift news, while well, more of the Jamal Williams news breaking right before kickoff, Jamal's inactive, um, made Swift an auto start for me, and that, that came at um, <clears throat> the expense of Henderson. Chirped me a little bit, but still hit everywhere. It's another great week, talking about that. Chalking that one up to another W in the books. So we're kind of alternating here, going huge weeks, not so great weeks, huge weeks, not so great weeks. So let's go, let's go back to back today, shall we? And let's start it off with this disgusting showdown slate tonight. We've got the Jets going to Indy. And you know what? Starting on the Colts side of the ball. I've been an advocate for CJ Mosley all year long. Um, he's not getting the respect he deserves, and he freaking should. I think tonight is going to finally learn, y'all. Uh, you're going to see how good he is, and he's going to make things very challenging for Jonathan Taylor in that run rushing offense. Not to say JTT won't break one. Break he can break one versus any defense, but 
I think they're going to make things a little tough. They have a pretty good D-line as well. So I like the prospect here. A lot of people are going to just think Jets' worst run defense in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor, boom, light it up. He's kind of a fade for me at the top price in that showdown slate. And the way you attack the Jets is on the perimeter. Been saying that all year as well. They're tough in the corner or in the slot. So Pascal, fade. Fade the Pascal. That rascal Pascal. And then tight ends will definitely have um, some success. So Doyle um, and uh, what's his face? Can't think of his face right now. Um, Alley Cox, Mo Alley. I don't know. They, they don't get a ton of volume, but one of them will probably fall in the end zone. Good luck figuring that one out. I'm more interested in, let's see, Pittman, but T.Y. Just got to make sure. Do a little T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Uh, do a little T.Y. research here on the fly. And he's been ruled out. T.Y. is ruled out, which makes me love. I love Doolin. Doolin tonight. You're gonna you're gonna love picking Doolin tonight because again on the perimeter, gotta attack that. And Doolin, let's just do a little. Let me just just tell you a little bit about Doolin. I gotta pull it up now because it's they've got Ty projected to start in this game and he is not doing that. Ashton Doolin, he's undrafted. So I'm really selling you right away. But the guy is 6'5", or 6'5". He's uh, six foot one. Ashton Doolin. And he actually looks pretty good when he's out there. Pretty decent run route runner. Um, if you just talk about the draft prospects, a lot of people did talk him up. But at 6'1", he runs a 4'4", very athletic. Uh, in a game where he will be need to be utilized, especially if what I'm predicting is right. Um, this is going to be a game where they're going to have to funnel the targets to the perimeter wide receivers. Pascal's in a tough spot. Jonathan Taylor is not in the best spot. So Doolin, I think he's only like 200. He's, he's a pretty good choice for y'all, and so is Pittman. So I would attack this one. I'd go Wentz is in play, Pittman and Doolin. On the Colts side of the Colts side there, and then Mike Wizite, Mikey, and this Jets offense versus this Colts defense. Definitely in a tough spot versus the run, but it doesn't matter. Jets don't run the football. They they like to pass and pass and pass. And that's to everybody. That'll be to Mims. That'll be to Cole. That'll be to Jameson Crowder. That'll be to your boy Moore. Um Croft will get involved. Both running backs will get targets like they have the last two games. They got like over six targets apiece. So Mike White is a clear and obvious captain for me. He's spreading the ball around a ton. I'm not going to try to guess which targets get it the most, um, but I think Crowder is probably the safest. Um, Carter's priced up there. He's worth it. <clears throat> Mims will do some interesting things. I think more will too. But I think Crowder is the most, uh, the safest target there. And your boy, Mike White, the uh, the fifth rounder from 2018, is going to be passing that ball quite a bit. And let me tell you, that boy, he is, he is pretty poised. I don't know if you saw him in that game last week, but he's not too rattled. Not not too much really rattles him, so it'll be kind of cool to see him on the big stage tonight and and if that confidence carries over. So that's where I'd go with that one, and we'll go in on, and we'll talk about the main slate where we got we got the Browns going to Cincy. And probably looking at a defensive showdown, um, but if we're going to look at the Burrow side of the ball first, I... Uh, yeah, he's he's got a tough defense staring down at him. Um, makes it really tough for Chase. Makes it really tough for Higgins on the perimeter. Your boy Boyd um, makes it pretty tough. I just think all these guys are 
you know, floor plus games. I'm not gonna not gonna attack anybody on this offense. And you know what? I, I just realized I do have total points for projected in this game uh, for all games and who's favored to win. So I'll throw that out there and try to help you figure out um, a game script. So the over under on this one's 47 points. So they're projecting some good scoring and the, the Bengals are favored by two and a half. Um, do with that what you will. It's not going to influence my decision. I'm staying away from the Bengals. And on the Browns side of the ball, um, everyone would be shocked if OBJ started. And if he did play in this game, you wouldn't want to to start him. <clears throat> Landry should gobble up some targets like he has. I think he has a safe floor, but he draws a pretty tough matchup and not something I really want to attack. Uh, Titans will do okay. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb will probably do pretty good. He'll probably push it for 100 yards rushing on the ground. And um, he's going to need to for it, for his salary to pay off. <clears throat> and he's going to need to fall in the end zone there too. So the only interesting player here would be Nick Chubb. And we're going to avoid intrigue fatigue this week. And not put down Nick Chubb, but someone to think about, if you will. Now, okay, I'm glad to, I'm glad I noticed these over unders up here because I had a feeling, just looking at this game with Denver going to Dallas, I thought this was going to be a, one of the highest scoring games, and that would be an unpopular opinion, but. Vegas seems to agree with me. The over-under is at 49 and a half. One of the top over-unders of the slate looks like, just a quick glance, the Chargers and Eagles game has the highest over-under at 50 points for the main slate. It looks like Titans and Rams are at 53 and a half, but that's Sunday night, not on the main slate. <clears throat> so anyway, um, Vegas... Vegas needs to be right, so you're going to expect more points in this game, which means you want guys that score points, and there should be a lot of guys you target in this one. So starting on the Dallas side of the ball, it sounds like Dak Prescott has a normal workload at practice all week. He should be starting this game. He is prized. Where's our boy Dak? Where is he? Dak is at 69. 6900 not a bad price. Um, and then if you look at his receivers, CD Lamb's at 72 probably fairly priced. Draws a pretty okay matchup. He'll, he'll see a lot of Sertan in this one. Very promising, talented rookie. But Lamb is year two on that sophomore leap, doing some crazy things. And you know what? <clears throat> A ton of disrespect thrown at Amari Cooper this week um, in a great matchup at 57. That's way too damn cheap. Going to be very hard to avoid that one. He for sure makes the list of targets to this week. So we'll go boy Amari Coop for sure. And okay, the, the Broncos defense without Von Miller. So the defensive defensive line takes a hit. Their linebacking core is not that good. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, only seven. Seven flat, that's way too damn cheap, too, for Zeke, the beast, Elliott, who now has a shot at running away with the rushing title with uh, Derrick Henry out. He'll be in the running. Keep using those puns as much as I can. So Zeke and Coop for sure. Um, Wilson, if you're feeling cute and sexy, good luck. No thanks for me. And Elton Schultz draws a pretty good one here as well. I think um, this kind of game where he he didn't have a good matchup last week and Cedric kind of broke free with one, had a little bit better of a matchup on his side. I think that with this one, I expect the Cowboys to be leading 
so they can be a little bit more conservative and target their tight ends. So I wouldn't suggest Cedric in this one. And I would talk up Schultz, but at 4,800, you really have to go after him. Um, and I don't want to do that. So Cooper and Zeke, that's it. And Broncos, Broncos side of the ball. This is kind of easy for me. I mean, you've seen what the Cowboys have done to top perimeter wide receivers. Um, Justin Jefferson, what did he do to last week? Nothing. Uh, Mike Williams or Mike Evans the first week, what did he do? Nada. So those are two examples off the top of my head. I said Mike Williams. He played, played the Cowboys, didn't he? What did he do? Let's check it out. Cowboys week two. Um, 10 targets, seven catches. 91 yards and a touchdown. Pretty good. So pretty good, pretty good. But Sutton and Patrick building a case against them if you haven't figured that out. Because Noah Fent is out in this game. Tough perimeter defense. More targets across the middle. Um, and that means the arrow is pointing way up for big old Albert, Albert Okwobunum. I probably did not say that right, but Albert O, big O, big old Albert O. Um, if you look up this guy, one of my favorite, favorite guys to look up. And he has been since he came in the league last year. I, I drafted him in a dynasty league, even with Fant there. Really like the prospect. Compare this guy to Kyle Pitts, if you will. You've heard of Kyle Pitts, right? First round tight end. Everyone just obsessed with his athletic abilities. Um, you got to be pretty damn athletic to be a, a tight end in the first round, right? Especially at four overall. So he's Kyle Pitts, six foot six, 245 pounds, runs a 449. That's freaking crazy. And he has all the other measurables to match. The guy's a beast. Big ol' Albert O. Guess what? He's also 6'6". Guess what? He also runs a 449. And guess what? He's 258 pounds versus the 245 for Kyle Pitts. So this guy is doing it and has the build with a heavier frame. That's just insane. And in this game, without Fant, um, where this Denver offense will need to funnel targets to Judy and Albert O uh, playing from behind for most of it, and Albert O, 2,600, he's a lock. He's going to have higher ownership. He should at least. I mean, he should have 100%. There's no reason why you should put any other tight end in that spot. You got to go Albert O. And Judy, um, you attack the Cowboys in the slot. And if you can't really attack the perimeter wide receivers, Bridgewater is going to be looking Judy's way early and often. He got his icebreaker game back from injury out of the way last week. And... um He's in a hell of a spot for this one. And the running the ball against the Cowboys, you can do it. Um, it doesn't work too well. Micah Parsons kind of proved in that last game where it's first Vikings that he can shut down the run and he can um he can read screenplays pretty well. So all those little dink and dunk things aren't gonna work too well. So I don't like the running backs for the Broncos here. Love me some Judy, love me some Albert O. You're welcome. So, <clears throat> yeah, 100% on the Judy. Judge, the Judge Judy. Even auto-corrected to Judy. And then big old Albert O. There's no way in hell at 26, I'm not putting him in. The guy could freaking like blow up this week. And one thing I got to say about ownership. I don't care what format you plan. Ownership don't have ownership be the reason why you don't want to play a guy. Unless you have a really good strong case against why that person might not hit those expectations. You can fade ownership players, but here's the thing. You have a lineup of a quarterback, two running backs, two three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex and a defense. You're not going to pick high ownership at all of those positions and the chances of high ownership 
collectively, like of the same lineup, very low. So it just takes one low ownership guy mixed in with all of your other guys for you to have a very low ownership lineup. So that logic doesn't scare me. I don't give a shit about the ownership with Albert O. He is a lock, the lock of the week. And I can't build any case against it. So next we got Houston, the one and seven Houston Texans going to the one and seven Miami Dolphins. And this is going to be, oh, it's going to be a feast. It's going to be so fun to watch. And I'm being sarcastic. Um, 46 over under. Dolphins favored by six and a half. Dolphins getting healthier. Um, still no uh, Fuller, but Devontae Parker is back in action and he faces a really good matchup. He had. What do you have last week? He was limited in practice this week, but I'm sure he's fine. He had 11 targets last week. That's insane, but the Dolphins played from behind the whole time versus the Buffalo Bills. So even in a tough matchup, it's still surprising he got that much volume. This game, I could see Gesicki just killing it. He has a really good matchup. Parker has a really good matchup. I actually think Waddle in the slot draws the toughest matchup looking at this Texans defense. Um, going up against 25th ranked uh, Tavier, Tavier Thomas. I don't know how to say that. He's in his fourth year. Uh, looks like he was undrafted. So kudos. Um, Gaskin should be doing okay in this game. Um, Texans have a pretty good D line, terrible linebacking core. So if I put anybody down, it's Gasicki and it's Parker. But I am more so just intrigued by those people because this, I don't know. Let's, let's just flip to the other side of the ball and see if we think the Texans will be able to score any points. And is our boy Tarad, is he playing in this one? Tarad, coach David Coley said Taylor hamstring won't be activated against the Rams. Okay, that's a very outdated update. <clears throat> Let's try to find a, a more updated update. Tarod Taylor Roto. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our boy Tarod is day-to-day, aren't we all, it says here. <laughs> you saw some first-team reps in practice. All right, whatever. Is it going to matter? Probably not. Because um, I'm, I'm going to say this about the Dolphins defense all year, especially with Jones and Howard healthy this is a tough defense with a good D line, really good perimeter cornerbacks, decent in the slot, good linebacking core, good luck. Um, so yeah, fading cooks and, and the rest of the bunch, uh, bye. So we'll move on from that game. Next up, we got Atlanta Falcons going to New Orleans to face the New Orleans Saints. And starting with the Simeon-led Saints, we have a little uncertainty. Um, You know, Winston done for the year. And we got, let's see, we, we might have a, we're still not sure if Simeon's going to be a starter or not. Um, so it just kind of makes me think. I like Kamara's volume. He's getting the rushes. I know Ingram's back, so there's little uncertainty there. Uh, this defense is terrible. So the only concern you can have about Kamara is, will he get the targets? Will he get the rushes? And I think... I think the answer is yes. I don't know. If you're the Saints, I don't know. And looking at these matchups, I just can't imagine they wouldn't just try to lean on Kamara as much as possible. So at the the highest priced running back of the slate, he's still very underpriced. I want to say he's at his cheapest price all year long. He's at 8200 
$8,200, and yeah, that's his lowest price all year long. So it might be a little deceiving. Uh, you see him at the top, top price back. You say, I don't know if I can afford that. Too much uncertainty, but in this matchup, definitely expecting them to lean on him. I think it's safe, and I'm going to go with it all day long. Alvin Kamara. Yes, please. Yes, please. And then the Saints defense looks pretty fucking good um, against this pretty fucking bad uh, Falcon offense uh, who will not have Calvin Ridley. And Kyle Pitts is in a tough matchup. He's their best weapon. Don't like it. Cordero Patterson. Don't like it. Um, Don't like any of these matchups. The only... The only argument I would make is Pitts or Russell Gage working out of the slot could have some success. Um, It's going to funnel to them, but I mean, they're not going to be able to carry this entire offense up and down the field. So if they're not converting first downs, it's going to limit their opportunities. And I'm staying away, not going to get cute with either of those plays. And then we'll go and mosey on over to which game are we on jesus i had to pause and wrap up over launch okay so we got vegas we're not in vegas we're going to new york new york city new york city and the danny dimes and the new york giants um might have barkley in the backfield which if they do, I like it. Um, Saquon, Mega Saquon, Barkley. What's his price at? We got Barkley at 68. Pretty affordable. Will he have the entire workload coming off of a lengthy uh, injury? He hasn't played since week five. Only had two rushing attempts in that game and then hurt himself. Um not sure if we'd have the full, full workload as we saw to start the year. They're just kind of easing him in. And that plan didn't work too well because he had he only had one game where he had over 20 targets, then he had or 20 touches, and then he had 18 touches, and then he was hurt. So I don't know. Giants probably don't have much to fight for at this point of the season at two and six. But what are you going to do? Just going to keep sitting your stud running back when he's healthy? Think you can build on him next year? I don't know. I don't know. Too many question marks. If he's out, I actually love uh, Devontae Booker in this one. Um, they involved him quite a bit. We saw some explosiveness last week. He ripped off for a long reception versus Kansas City. He had five catches, 65 yards. Ran the ball for 60 yards, average four yards a carry. Um, so kind of like this volume. He's at a pretty intriguing price at 5900 So I will put Booker on the list at that price. No, nah, I'm not going to. Too much intrigue. Don't want the intrigue fatigue. But hey, something to think about if you... If you got salary left over and you're looking at someone in that range, 5,900 Booker is not too bad. Not going to pay up for Barkley at 68, though. Not worth it to me. Um, looking at these pass catchers, you know what? Tony. Tony is a little hurt. Not as hurt as Shepard. Tony is probably going to play in this game. Uh, Tony draws a tough matchup. Hobbs is number five ranked cornerback in the NFL and he sits in the slot and then you got the number one ranked cornerback in the league Casey Hayward um from a PFF perspective working on the outside so I don't love that for Galladay if he plays um if he doesn't play don't like that for Slayton and then some weird happenings going on with John Ross and uh um Pettis so who knows what's going on over there Ingram Nope, hasn't been good all year. No thanks. Uh, so yeah, little intrigue if Booker is the starting running back and Barkley is out. Otherwise, no thanks. And this defense for the Giants is t- 
terrible, terrible defense. Um, can't stop the run. They don't have any pieces. Their stud linebacker, I think, is done for the year. Martinez, Blake Martinez. Um, however, the Raiders' line has been pretty bad. So maybe those two things kind of cancel each other out. Actually, the, the Giants' D-line has been playing okay the last couple of games, but I don't know. Bad O-line, don't love the running game, and you look at this offense, they're going to pass the ball, and this defense is tough on the perimeter. So no rugs. Um, obviously, move that chess piece off the board. You got Brian Edwards. Maybe he's going to be a little bit popular this week because he's pretty cheap. I think he is. Oh, four. What is he? Forty one hundred. I'm not intrigued. Don't like his matchup. Zay Jones on the other side. No, thanks. And actually, definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm going to put uh, Hunter Renfro working the slot in a plus matchup that should funnel to him. This offense will definitely move the ball against this defense. Waller is in a very good spot as well. I expect both of those plays to work out for you, and they both make that little list over here. So we're going to go wide receiver, Renfro. You made it. You made it, Renfro. Never thought you'd make it on this list, especially at 48. You're there, bud. Good one. Good on you. Good job. And we got, uh, what's his dick? We got um the Waller. Darren Waller. Darren Waller. You're on there. You're you're pretty good. No, you're pretty good. You're 62. 62, not bad. You're not gonna be my starting tight end, but you might be able to work into the flex. We're we're locking in big old Albert Albert O at the tight end spot. And you don't want to mess that one up. Alright. We'll go to Carolina with the Patriots because they're playing the Panthers in Carolina. And Carolina is not sure if they're going to start Sam Darnold or Walker. And they have a pretty tough defense that they're looking at, so I don't really like any of their options. McCaffrey might play. He might not. I don't care. I'm not going to start him if he is. It's too risky. He's 8,000, which intriguing. But no, staying away from the intrigue fatigue. And we're going to flip it. And you know what? We got we got our boy Mac Jones. Everyone on this offense is just humming right now. They're all doing pretty good. But it's not really concentrated on any one piece. And you're playing a defense that's pretty fucking good. And I'm not sure if Stefan Gilmore is going to make his debut in this game. That'd be fun if he did. Did his Panthers debut versus former team. Um, so not sure about that, but either way, defense stacks up really well against this offense, and we're gonna have a low scoring game. This one's one of the lowest that I'm seeing. The over under is at 41, and Patriots are favored by three and a half. So no thank you. And Buffalo favored by 14 and a half. Surprise, surprise. Over the Jags, we got a 48 and a half over under. And I, I'm I'm guessing the Bills will be scoring most of them points. Um, so how many will they score? I don't know. How many points will the Jags score? We'll start there. And James Robinson has uh, been limited, has a couple DNPs. Did not participate in practice this week, so not sure if he's going to play. And I'm sure it doesn't matter for me because this is a tough defense. No, thank you. I uh, don't think they're going to get a lot of first downs. They're not going to be on the field that much. I don't think they're going to score zero. They might get some field goals. Might be able to work their way down for a touchdown. Um, so... The Bills playing from ahead for most of this game. And uh, and they've actually been pretty tough uh, against the run, which doesn't really matter. Everything's going to funnel through Allen and through the air. I am 
I'm actually pretty interested in Stefan Diggs in this one. I think they're going to run it up. They're going to want to maintain at least a three touchdown lead and Diggs will be the guy to get them there. Beasley had a good game last week, but that's because they played the Dolphins. And as I keep saying, the Dolphins funnel volume to the slot wide receiver. And the Jags certainly have a really bad slot cornerback, but they're not going to have to lean on Beasley to get him down the field. They'll be able to throw it. Allen will have his luxury of throwing it to Diggs, Beasley, Sanders. It doesn't matter. Um, and in a match where it doesn't matter, why not just throw it to the guy that you trust the most? Throw it to Diggs. Diggs is primed for a pretty darn good game here. He comes in at 77, and he makes the love list here. Diggs. I like it. All right. We will now go to Baltimore with the Vikings and start on the Baltimore side of the ball. What's over under? We got 49 and a half high scoring projected total here. Uh, Baltimore is favored at no surprise in this one by six points. Uh, I look at the Baltimore offense here. I look at the Vikings defense there. Vikes good against the run. They can beat them through the air. And which Lamar Jackson is going to show up? I just kind of see him trying to establish the run. Not likely being able to do it to the best of their abilities. Titans play the tight end, or the Vikings play the tight end pretty well. You could, this could be a very interesting uh, Hollywood Brown and uh, Rashad Bateman game. Doesn't sound like Sammy Watkins is playing here. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Um, he returned to practice on Thursday. Okay. All right, sure. Okay. Well, maybe that's a fade for Bateman if Sammy plays and those two kind of sharing the volume on that side. But Marquis Hollywood Brown... He had 14 freaking targets last week. So if the Ravens have to lean on the Lamar Jackson's arm, Hollywood Brown, you're making the list. That's all I got to say about that. And what's our boy Hollywood? Hollywood? Holly? Holly? He is six grand, 6K even. I'd project very low ownership on that one. Hollywood! Okay, you're there, bud. You're there. And Vikings, what do you got? What do you got for us? Um, you know, I I just really like the, the Ravens' pass defense. They really shut down Tyreek Hill, and I just can't get that out of my mind watching that game on primetime like I'm sure you all did. And if they can shut him down, they can shut down a lot of these guys. Jefferson did nothing versus the Cowboys. Defense, Thielen got got cooking a little bit, and but I don't know, not, not sure about this one. But speaking of cooking, Dalvin Cook, it's you can definitely run the ball on the Ravens. It's kind of a mixed bag. You have a pretty good defensive line, not the best linebacking core. Yeah, pretty bad linebacking core, actually. And yeah, Cook might be a must start, and he's pretty cheap. He's at 77. He didn't look that good last week. Vikings line hasn't been the best. Huh. Anyway, 77, way too darn cheap. For Dalvin Cook, has to make your list. We have so many values you can afford these guys. So Dalvin! All right. We got that one covered. Chargers going to Philly in a tough environment. And Hurts coming off 
a game where he didn't have to do anything. Um, he might be going into a game where he might not have to do anything because the I don't think he can. One, he's facing a pretty tough secondary. It can be really hard for him to get it going in the air. Um, don't like the matchups for any of these pass catchers. Devonta Smith, Quez Watkins, Rager, Goddard included. Uh, if I were them, I'd try to focus on the dink and dunk game, get Gainwell really going, get those screen passes going, uh, get Boston Scott some carries, and try to march up the field that way. Not going to try to attack that timeshare or predict who's going to get the goal line carry. So, no thanks. Pass. And the Eagles' defense has been pretty good on the perimeter um pretty good in the slot so that's unfortunate for guys like mike williams and keenan allen um cook might get something i i don't care (laughs) so i I think this is going to funnel the austin eckler he has a really good matchup he's going to get the targets he's going to get the carries he's it's guaranteed volume, and he's at 79. So you got to get you some Eckler. And again, there's too many darn discounts this week so you can afford it. So we're going Austin Eck. Eck. All right. And Green Bay. Green Bay. Green Bay anti-vaxxers facing the Chiefs down in Kansas City. And, um, you know, Mahomes, he's going to be able to, <laughs> I mean, all right. If you watch the game, the Chiefs last game versus the Giants at home, they came out very passionately and really wanted to march up the field. They're aggressive the entire game. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Ty Freak got a ton of targets. What do you have? Like. 18. Let's just do a quick double check. Tyreek Hill versus the Giants. He had 18 targets, 12 catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't get that 100 yard touchdown bonus, but I think he'll get it here because he is by far the best target versus a defense that can't contain him. And let's just talk about Travis Kelsey. You know, this is not Travis Kelsey anymore. And he made a statement earlier this year. He said, you know what? It's actually pronounced Travis Kels. So that's what we're going to call him. He's not Travis Kelsey anymore. He's Travis Kels. And he shaved his face. He's a different person. He grew his beard back. But still, he's Travis Kels. He's not worth the $7,000 price tag anymore, my friend. Travis Kels. Who is Travis Kels? Travis Kels is a, you know what? He's a, a medium to low volume tight end who's a red zone target in a up-tempo offense. That's who Travis Kels is. And I price that in the 45 to 55 range and piss everybody off saying that, but you know I'm right. He's invisible. He's nothing. He's nothing anymore. He's not even a piece of this offense anymore. He's had started the year off good. Okay, he had, you know, over 100 receiving yards, weeks two and three. But since then, it's been 23 yards, 57 yards. First Washington, he got up to 99 yards on eight catches. Titans, 65 yards. Giants, 27 yards. So he's he's a different person now. He's Travis Kels. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on Ty Freak and just trust it. You can afford it. He's only 79. Very under there's just so many underpriced players in this slate. It's crazy. And then you've got the Jordan Love led Packers. Who what do they want to do against this defense? Whatever they want. Um I'm sure a lot of people are expecting the Packers to lean on the ground game, see a ton of Aaron Jones, see a ton of A.J. Dillon, 
But you know what? With the the Chiefs coming out firing and forcing the tempo in this game, they're going to force Love to do the same, and he has his targets to do it. He has Adams back. Um, MVS might be back in this one as well. Not confirmed yet. Cobb is reliable. No Tunyon, but Mercedes Lewis, whatever. He's going to throw to Jones. He's going to have a he's going to have a fine game. And you know, at his price tag in this spot, forty four hundred. Sure, hundred percent owned. I don't care what his ownership is. He's a must start. Jordan Love, one thousand percent. Yes, not going to stack him with anybody. Um, but that's that's all I have to say about that. Jordan Love is going to be the only quarterback. I put on this list because that's too damn cheap and he's in a great spot and that really opens things up for the rest of your line of construction. Last game of the slate motherfuckers. We got Cardinals, the seven and one Cardinals going to San Fran, Santa, Santa Clara, excuse me. Um, 44 and a half. Our last game was by the way, Packers, Chiefs was at 48 over under. Chiefs favored by seven and a half. Um, I'm wondering what that line was be- before the Rogers news now. But all right, Cardinals facing the Niners. 45 and a half over under. Cardinals favored by a point. And we'll start with Jimmy G and his really good offensive line in front of him. Debo just Lighten shit up this year. Thibault's a friggin' beast. Um, He was a little limited this week, wasn't he? He didn't practice yesterday. I don't have an update on whether or not he practiced today, Thursday. Um, I don't know. Debo, 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 Debo. What do you do with Debo? He's 78. So, that's tough. It's like I won him, but... Tyree Kill, 79. Diggs, 77. I don't know. You can't have all three of those guys. Maybe you can. Maybe you're fading some running backs. Maybe you can do it. But he's banged up. Um, I don't know. Makes it tough. I like Debo. I like his matchup. This team is going to have a hard time running the ball against this defense. So if they're throwing the ball, I mean, it's it's going to Debo, end of story. So, yeah. Yep, let's do it. Debo has to make the list. And the Cardinals, Murray is a little banged up, but it sounds like he's practicing. He'll be just fine. I think Hopkins still has that lingering issue. What's the latest on this boy? Um, Our boy Hopkins. Hamstring wasn't present for open portion of Thursday's practice. Okay. So a little concerning. If he was 100%, obviously, his price point would be nice. But I think Murray's going to be just fine. He's going to spread the ball around and do his thing. So do what you will with that. This defense won't really stop his uh, the Cardinals' game plan. They're, the D-line will make things a little tough, but some pressure on Kyler is going to force the ball out a lot faster. Maybe that is something you want to think about if you like Kirk. Maybe that's a good thing. But I don't know. I'm just not too excited about this game. So, I mean, why not? We can put Debo. We can put Debo. Debo makes it. All right. So that covers it. That's the whole slate that we just got through. And... uh it only took us 50 minutes to go through it. And what is on the list now? Just make sure we don't miss anybody. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Uh, okay. So here's the list. I quarterback Jordan Love. That's it. Running back. You might have heard of these names. Ezekiel Elliott. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, uh, Alvin Kamara. And you know what? I'm going to put an asterisk and I'm going to add our boy Devonta Booker. Devonta Booker 
if Barkley is out. I like his volume. I like his price point. I like his matchup. Um, only cute little selection I made there at wide receiver. Mari Cooper, fifty-seven, too cheap. Wide receiver. Um, we got Judy at five K, too cheap. Great matchup. Working the slot versus the Dallas defense. They're gonna have to pass a lot. Uh, no Fant. No Noah Fant. We got we got that going in his favor. We got Renfro working the slot. Another good matchup for him. That's gonna have to funnel because the perimeter wide receivers draw tough matchups. And of course, no rugs. Um, Diggs versus the Jags. Run it up. They'll run it up and throw it to him. Maybe it's a little bit riskier of a call, but would surprise nobody if he has a monster game. Uh, Hollywood Brown is a little bit of a ballsy prediction, but I think they will need to throw the ball, kind of get their run shut down and, and throw the ball and feed them those targets versus Vikings defense, especially like uh, seeing that he had 14 targets last week. So they want to get him involved in this offense. And then Debo, we went back and forth on that one, but against the Cardinals where you'd expect them to have to, you know, keep the pace, keep the tempo with those Arizona Cardinals, Debo should eat. And then at tight end, Albert O, big old Albert O, 26, must start. Don't get cute with that unless you want to start Darren Waller in your flex because I think he could have a good game in this one. But that's all I got for you. Um, it was just just your boy Manatee Jackson on this this breakdown today. But hopefully I gave you enough time to listen to this and, and work some magic in that showdown tonight. And good luck building that weekend lineup, y'all. Peace out, bye.